Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the launching our fall campaign. You belong here. We believe that you belong here and that there are other people that belong here too. Amen? That there are people that you are in contact with that belong here in this place. Our series text comes to us from Ephesians chapter 2, 19. I'm reading from the Message Bible and it reads like this. It says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. And I love this part in the end. God is building a home and He's using us all irrespective of how we got here in what He is building. God is building a home and He's using you and I to do it. God is doing great things at the river, but more importantly, through the river. Through the river, God is doing great things. And we believe that God wants to do even greater things. Amen? Amen. Don't you believe that this morning? You know, the key to that is you. You are the key to that happening. You are the difference makers. God is already doing great things, but if God is going to do greater things, the key to that is you and I. Allowing God to use us, allowing God to put us in a place where the more people with a heart to make a difference and a willingness to partner with God can come together to do just that. The only thing limiting us for accomplishing even more for Him is our willingness to come together to make it happen. We believe that you are all destined, that every person in this room this morning is destined to be a part of what God is doing. Let me say that again this morning. I believe that you are destined to be a part of what God is doing. God has a plan and you're a part of that great plan. He wants you to be involved with Him in what He is doing. And I believe that part of that process starts with right here. You belong here and together we're going to do some great things for the kingdom of God. This morning I want to preach to you a message entitled Born to Belong. We believe that everyone is created to belong to something. Father, we ask that you would anoint me this morning, God, that you would help me to communicate your truth and your life in this room today. That, Lord, whatever we've got going on for the rest of the day, we set that aside in this moment. Will you do that, church? Will you just set that aside for just a moment and let God speak to us in this room? Communicate to our hearts and minds this morning, Father. I pray that you would encourage us, strengthen us, and move us toward your perfect plan. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. You were created to belong to a family. You were created to belong to a community. You were created to belong to a church. You were created to fit into a certain context of life. God didn't just create you and say, put you out there and say, good luck. God didn't just say, I hope everything works out for you. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And wherever God has placed you, wherever God has put you, whoever God has put you in a relationship with, that is on God's purpose. God has a plan for that and He has a fit for you in every single context of life. Now I challenge you to find your context. I I challenge you to find a place where you fit, to find where you fit, because where you fit is your, you'll find your purpose 
And in that, you'll also find self-worth. You'll also find value. We were talking this morning during prayer, and, and April had a great thing that, you know, God has spoke to her about. And, and she was talking about, you know, God doesn't add value or take away value from our lives. God, God has va- He's placed value on us. He did that when He went to the cross. He said, this is what you're worth. And, and, and no matter where we are, God doesn't love us more or love us less. God loves us the same. So there's a value to us that doesn't change. But what also happens to us is the closer we get to God and the more we are in alignment with Him, God begins to add value to our story. He adds value to our impact. He adds value to our influence. He adds value to the things that we're going through and He makes them make sense in our lives. And so what we're trying to do, all of us together, is we're just trying to find a place where we fit and find a place where we matter and find a place where we can make a difference in somebody's life and make a difference in my own life. Amen. And so where do I fit? Where do I find a context that adds value to my life? While I'm in turn adding value to it. We don't believe in chance here. I don't believe in chance. I don't believe you just happened into this place this morning. I don't believe you just accidentally found yourself here this morning. I believe in destiny. I believe in God's providence. I believe in God sending us to a place and helping us to discover the answer to the question that we all ask. Why am I here? Not only why am I here in church, but why am I here in this place in life? Why am I here at this job? Why am I here in this situation? Why am I here, period? Why am I here? It's a question that we all have to ask ourselves in regards to the various fields of life. Why am I in this community? Why am I in this job? Why am I here in this church? Here's some really good ones. Why am I here in this family? God, what were you thinking? You know, maybe, maybe here's another one. Why, God, why am I here in this marriage? You know, what, what did you put me here for? I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about y'all. We all ask those questions, right? Truth. We all ask those questions. God has the answer. God has the answer. God defines the purpose in whatever context or it lacks purpose and therefore lacks meaning. God has to define it. You know, I, it's fine for me to say, you know, God, why am I in this family? You have more for me than just, you know, providing or taking care of or raising children. I mean, there's some meaning here. I want to find that meaning. You know, it's more than just staying married with somebody and just gutting it out through life. There's meaning in that. There's a purpose in that. And that purpose is greater than just survival. I said that purpose is greater than just survival. That purpose is about finding a place of thriving and making a difference. You are wherever you are for a purpose. You are here for a purpose. All things work together for those who are called according to His purpose. And so here's a word for everybody in the building this morning. Are you ready? There is good to be had wherever you are. Wherever you are, there is good to be had there. Some of you are in jobs and you're thinking, Dear God, why am I here in this place? I would rather be anywhere but here. I'm telling you this morning, the word of the Lord for your life is this, that there is good to be had wherever you are. God didn't place you there by chance. You didn't just stumble into that place. He has a divine strategy for you wherever you are. And God will help you discover it and unlock it if you'll let Him. 
God can make sense of your crazy family. God can make sense of your crazy friends. God can make sense of your job and why you're in this community. God can make sense of why you're here in this church this morning. God can make sense of it all. And it starts by understanding you are not here by chance. You actually belong here. So welcome home this morning. Amen. We're glad that you've arrived today. You were born to belong and created for some specific things. So I want to give you four things that you were created for this morning. Four things that you were created for this morning. The first thing is this, that you were created for community. You were created for community. Let's go back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 and let's see what God says about it. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. God said it's not good that man should be alone. Man isn't created for isolation. Women aren't created for isolation. So I'm going to create a partner for him and give the beginning, give him the beginning of community. You were created for community. Everybody needs somebody in their life. Amen. 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 Everybody needs somebody in their life. Let me tell you something. Some of you would be messed up if it hadn't been for the right people coming along and changing the trajectory of where you were headed. Because everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody to come along and say, you're better than that. There's more in you than that. God has a purpose for you beyond that. Don't get caught up in the circumstance. There's more for you in this life. Created for community. Not only do you need somebody, you need multiple somebodies. I believe that very much, that everybody needs a lot of somebodies. And here's the reason, because you can't become something. You can't become something special or become what God intends unless you belong to something. You can never become something without belonging to something. If you don't belong to a family, guess what? You can't become part of the family. If you can't become part of the kingdom of God and belong to the kingdom of God, you're not going to become part of the kingdom of God. Think about it even in terms of college. You want to become something, a doctor, a teacher, a nurse, a biologist, and the the list goes on. You have to belong to the process. Just like Adam, we don't do well alone. We weren't created to function well in isolation. You all know the the analogy that we've used many times in this church. Don't be a dumb what? Antelope. That's right. They're the ones that get isolated and they're the ones that get killed every time. Don't live in isolation. If you remain isolated long enough, the fact of the matter is you will start to get weird. Anybody, anybody, anybody ever watch that show alone? Uh, it's, it's a show about some people that they send them off to these places, usually in Alaska somewhere or some remote place. And, and the whole premise of the show is that you live alone and survive alone as long as you can, and whoever lasts the longest is the winner. And so some of these people are lasting, you know, like two and three and four months, you know, out there by themselves. And if you watch the show, what you'll find is the longer they stay out there in the wild, the weirder they get. They, they do. They start to talk to themselves a lot. 
They start to uh, create community around them, you know, finding little gophers and locking them up in cages and talking to them because that's their friend now. Weird stuff. And if you stay isolated long enough, it's not long before you start talking to yourself and turning volleyballs into friends named Wilson. That's what happens. Because we're not created for that. We are not created to live in isolation. When people don't have community, what do they do? They try and create community. And if that's not a clear indicator that we were created for community, I don't know what is. The church is part of your community. The church is part of your community. We want to belong to you and we want you to belong to us. And together as we belong to one another, what we have is an opportunity to become some things together, some things that God can use to make a big difference in people's lives. You were created for community. And I want to encourage you to be a part of this community. People who are normal, people who are imperfect, People, some of you don't believe the normal part. People who are trying our best to be our best. People with flaws, weaknesses, failures, inadequacies, but also people with potential, people with promise, and people with purpose from God. You were created to be in community. Not only were you created for community, but you were also created for commitment. Think about this. I know, first thing people think, yikes, commitment. Uh, That word means a lot of things to a lot of different people. But just like you can't become something unless you belong to something, you can't become if you don't remain committed to it for the long haul. Too many people in our society stay oriented towards the exit door with an exit strategy looking for a way to jump ship at the first sign of trouble. But we were created for commitment. Created to be committed to our families created to be committed to our marriages. Guys, you really ought to say amen to those things. (laughs) Created to to be committed to our communities, our churches, and so on. If you continue, here's the deal. If you continue to read the story in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 4, and I would encourage you to do that this week. When Adam and Eve have their trouble, what's their trouble? Snake tempts her with the apple. She bites into the apple. Then she goes and gets her husband to bite into the apple. They got trouble. They're having issues. When they have their trouble, you notice that the commitment to one another and the commitment to God never came into question. I think that's important. I think that's something that we don't talk about much in in that story. Is that they didn't jump ship with one another at the first sign of trouble. They still stay committed to one another. Matter of fact, it never even comes up in the conversation and it never becomes an issue. Adam didn't say to God, hey, do you happen to know any other nice girls? Or, you know, I don't mind. I got some other ribs here. I don't mind giving another one. That never happens. It never happens. Hey, I got a joke for y'all. I want to hear a joke. <laughs> April's like, oh, God. What's he going to tell? All right, this is, a, this is just a joke. This is not from me. This is something I heard, okay? So you can't shoot the messenger. Do you know why God created Adam, created Adam first? Because he didn't want instructions on how to do it. Uh, I better. T- 
right. All right, I'm going to... Yeah, now it's starting to settle in across the room here. You get it. All right, I'll tell, I'll tell another to balance out the room this morning. There was three guys from different states, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Texas. And they're going to marry their women, from, or their wives from their respective states. One from Oklahoma, one from Arkansas, one from Texas. And so they thought, well, you know, we're young, we're fixing to get married, let's get together, let's talk about it. And so they get together and they decide, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to lay some ground rules for our wives when we get married. We're going to tell them what we expect. We're going to tell them we expect them to clean the house. We're going to expect them to cook some meals. We're going to expect them to do laundry, make the bed, you know, just take care of business. That's, that's what we expect and that's what we're going to do. So first guy from Oklahoma, he gets married. And after he gets married, he sits down with his wife and he tells her, you know, this is what I expect. Get my house clean, you know, cook my meals. And you do that, everything's going to be great. And about day one, doesn't really notice the difference. But after that, you know, he starts to see some changes. And, you know, she really comes in line with that and she does good. And so he's like, man, that's, this is great. And so the guy from Arkansas says, hey, if it worked for him, I'm going to try it too. So he has, says the same thing, you know, talks to his wife and he gets married, you know, this is what I expect. And day one, you know, she struggles a little bit, but after that he starts to see, you know, she's really cleaning, she's really cooking, she's doing all this other stuff. So the guy from Texas says, you know what? It's worked for my guys in Oklahoma, it's worked for my guys in Arkansas. It's got to work for me. You know, so he sits down with his wife and he tells her. And first day he doesn't really see anything. Second day he doesn't really see anything. And then about the third day the swelling goes down in his left eye enough that he was able to see, to cook and clean and do his own laundry. <laughs> All right, so now that I got the room back. <laughs> commitment's what we're talking about here. Commitment. You know, Adam and Eve didn't jump ship on each other. Adam didn't say to Eve, God really should have done a better job for providing our needs. You know, do you still have the number to the snake? Let's follow somebody else. God didn't say to the Holy Spirit, well, that didn't work out too well. You know, I think we ought to take some of this leftover dust that we have and just start over. Commitment. They're committed to one another. Committed through the challenges and the difficulties of life. And even though the environment, listen to this, even though the environment changed, the commitment didn't. Wow. You know, even though they lost the garden and the environment changed for them, God's commitment to them never changed. And their commitment to one another didn't change. Their commitment to God didn't change. They kept the commitment in place. And I think that speaks to us about the reality that God created us to be committed to some stuff in our lives. Commitment is summed up in love and devotion. If I'm devoted and truly loved, commitment is never a problem. It's not always easy. We would be lying to you if I told you it's easy to stay committed to some things. It's hard to stay committed to some things. There's not a person in this room that doesn't want to quit from time to time. Their job, their, their, their whatever. It, it, it hits us all. But devotion and love says I'm committed to make sure it goes to the end and do as much as I can to make it the best it possibly can be. Romans 12.10 says be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. We were created for commitment, so be committed. Some of us probably need to be committed this morning, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being committed to each other, our family, our marriages, and being committed to our communities. God, why am I here? Help me discover that, help me unlock that, and help me to be committed to it. I will tell you this, that a key to staying committed to those things that's found in being committed to a body of believers. 
I've got to have the right people around me that will support me when I am struggling. A church makes the difference in every one of those areas of life because together we are better. Together we are better. We're better moms and dads. We're better employers and employees. We're better citizens. We're better people. You were created for community, created for commitment, and you're also created for calling. When God formed you, He made you for a purpose. He put into your being, into your very being, everything you would need to be successful in life. And He made Himself the key to unlocking that potential. When God formed us, He put everything that we needed for everything we would face inside of us and equipped us. And here's what He did. He said, I'll be the key to unlocking the potential in your life. If you will follow me, I'll tell you how to pull that out. I'll tell you how to work that out. I'll tell you how to work out all things for your good. It is in Christ in us that turns potential into promise and delivers us into purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says this, We are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God prepared them beforehand so that we could walk in them later. When we hear the word calling, here's what we think of. We think of it in the sense of ministry. We think of a calling to be a pastor or a missionary, a small group leader. And although that is calling, it is not limited to ministry. I had the privilege of talking to a group of teachers just a, a, a month ago. And one of the things that I talked to them about is I don't think you can see teaching as a profession. I think you have to see it as a calling. Because if you see it as a profession and you see it as a way to get paid, then it's never going to have the meaning that it really needs to have. But when you see it as a calling, that I'm here to impact lives, I'm here to change lives, I'm here to bring people from point A and get them to point B so that their lives can be better, that's a calling. That has meaning and that has value and that's going to make a difference. We need people in this world who are called to be whatever they are. Nurses, teachers, stay-at-home moms, hairstylists, whatever it is. But this is my calling. My aunts had a flower shop and they didn't just do that flower shop to make money. They did it as a calling in their lives. They had people that would come in that had needs and had issues and they would pray for them and they would minister to them and they used their business as a storefront to God's kingdom. And they touched many, many lives as a result of that. It's taking whatever you have, wherever you are and using it for the glory of God. When God created Adam, He put him in a field and he said, be who you are right here for me. He put him in a garden and he said, all I want from you is just to be who you are for my purpose. Just be whoever you are and give me glory in it. And as God, and God created you for a calling and he is just saying to each and every one of us, just be you wherever you are for me. Be you wherever you are for me. Follow your purpose with God in mind. Keep Him central to your activity and you can't help but fulfill your purpose, fulfill your calling and live a life of release, potential and promise. I believe everybody wants to matter. I believe we all want to count and we all want to make a difference. God created you with a calling so that all that could be made possible. You know a great place to discover what God created you to do and how to do it. For him is the church. 
God created you to belong here so you could become all He intended you to be. We are encouraging one another, loving one another, devoting our lives to one another so we can lift one another to the place that God created for us to live. When you're in community and committed to that community, your calling starts to become clear. I said when you're in community and committed to that community, your calling starts to become clear. Lastly, we're created for community, created for commitment, created for calling, and you're created for compassion. That's right, created for compassion. Look back at Romans 12, 10. It says, be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Compassion is about loving others. God's work in your life is always meant to matter beyond you. I said God's work in your life is always meant to matter beyond you. God to change my situation, change my environment, change my problem, fix my, my life, God. But it's all meant to impact you so that it goes through you and impacts somebody else. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Compassion is not just a nice idea or a sentiment. It is what I was created for. I believe that people are created good and innately good and God's intention for everyone is that they would care and share concern for their fellow man. That we would seek to lift one another up and encourage one another to excel at life. Compassion is about seeing people where they are and caring enough to get them to where they could be. Jesus, you know, over and over in Scripture, you see Jesus had compassion on them. But Jesus didn't just feel sorry for people and leave them in their mess. Jesus had compassion on them. So in other words, he, he, he saw where they were and then did something to elevate them to another place of life, to change their situation. We have the power to do that by loving one another and directing them to a relationship with Jesus, to see them in their struggles and be invested enough and care enough to do what we can to get them past their struggle. We believe we're making a difference in people's lives here at the river, and we believe everyone in this room is a part of that. You know, I love the saying, we love the saying around here, you can make a difference or you can make excuses, but you can't make both. You can make a difference or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. Every person in this room is busy. Every person in this room has things to do. We all have commitments and responsibilities, but we were created to make a difference in people's lives. And if all our activity doesn't result in someone's life being made better, then we are missing an important part of our purpose. Jesus created us for community and encourages us to be committed to that community for the reason so that we can discover our calling and then that calling can have an effect on other people around us. Light and salt. Amen? Light and salt. It changes the environment in which it is invested. Affecting change wherever it is. You were created for compassion. Created to make a difference in people's lives. I don't know a better place that you can do that than right here. You belong here and you'll be a part of a people determined to change lives and touch hearts right here at the river. Lauren, would you come? Stand with me across this room this morning.
We belong together. And we are becoming more together. We are better together. And we believe together that we are helping other people become better also. You were born to belong. You were created for community, for commitment, for calling, and for compassion. What God is doing and continuing to do requires people who will be a part of His work. We believe you're that people. I believe you're that people. If this is already your church, then I just challenge you in this. I challenge you to really give yourself to the plan of God here. Do you hear me? If this is your church, if you believe that God has placed you here and planted you here, then I believe that God wants you to really invest yourself in that process. What can I do? Why am I here? I'm going to discover why I'm here and I'm going to be invested in that. I'm going to give my talents. I'm going to give my abilities. I'm going to give my resources. I'm going to do what I can to elevate and lift other people's lives through the activity that God gives us here in this place. If you don't have a church, then let me just tell you, we want you here. We want you here. We believe you belong here. I want to encourage you to make this place your home and let us, let us, let us be your family. We want to be your family. We want to be a support to you. We want to be partners with you. We want to see your marriage better. We want to see your kids better. We want to see your life better. We want to see God do big things and better things for you. Let me ask you this this morning. Do you know some people who need to belong to a community? People who need to be committed to that community. Do you know some people who would probably have a calling and need to Use that calling to make a difference in people's lives. I bet each and every one of you know somebody like that. We believe they belong right here at the river. And you are the one that makes the connection between them and their place right here. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your anointing in this room. I thank you for the words that have been spoken in this place today. Lord, I thank you that right now you are working on hearts and lives, that, God, you are touching us and and opening up our understanding in our hearts to you. That, God, in this place, you're already speaking purpose into people's lives, Lord, and you're calling forth the things out of us that you placed in us many, many years ago. Help us to discover why we're here, God why we're in our homes, why we're in our communities, why we're in our relationships we're in. God, and let us find the good that is to be had in those areas. Let us discover the truth of your promise that all things work together for good for those who are called according to your purpose. You're the key that unlocks the potential and the promise in every one of those situations. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, Maybe you have just found yourself here this morning. But I want you to know that God had a plan for this moment. God saw you in your need. God saw you where you were. And God said, I want to make a difference in their lives and I'm going to place them in a place where that can be made. Right now is that moment. Jesus is here to change your situation. Jesus is here to save your soul. Jesus is here to come into your life and to be a part of your future. And so if you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't know Christ. 
I'm not where I need to be with God. Maybe years ago you had a relationship with Jesus, but over the years you've let distance become between you and God and you're just not where you want to be with God today. And today He's asking you to come home. He's asking you to come back to Him. He's asking you to make your way back to a relationship with Him. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up in the air and put it right back down? Nobody's looking around. This is just between me, you, and God. Amen. Amen. Are there others in this room that say, that's me, I need to give my life to God. I need to make a commitment to Him this morning. I've been allowing my life to kind of grow cold and I want to heat my relationship up with God again. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up in the air and put it right back down? Yes, amen. Father, for these that have raised their hand this morning, your word is clear. Whoever calls upon your name shall be saved. And so, Father, I'm just asking that right now that you would just begin to work in their lives as they call upon you. And I just encourage you, if you raise your hand this morning, to cry out to God, just to call upon His name. Just ask God to save you. Ask God to touch you. Ask God to, to minister to your life. Ask God to forgive you of your sins. If we ask Him, He will forgive us and cleanse us of all of our failures and mistakes. Thank you, Jesus, that you take old things and you make them new again. That our old life is now buried in the grave. And Lord, we rise out of the grave with you in newness of life. That no longer, death no longer has any hold on us. No claim over us. Sin no longer has any hold on us. No claim over us, God. We are breathing new life with you this morning. I praise you, Jesus. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.